Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. You all right? You feeling good? Good day so far, huh? So far, so good. You feel blessed? I'm telling you, there's no place like the body of Christ. There's no place like this community. There's no place where so much can happen. There's things that can happen in this community, in this type of gathering, that can't happen anywhere else in the world. And God is here to do incredible things in people's lives. And it's so awesome to get together like this. So we're going to start a, a new series. We're going to do four weeks on a topic called Advantage. Can you say Advantage going to talk about advantage and I'm going to move along really quickly today so it's going to feel like a lot of information so turn to your neighbor and say you got to provide your own inspiration because I'm going to fly can you say fly just I want you to constantly say faster pastor faster pastor because we got to cover some ground this morning so we want to talk about advantage and what we want to talk about we're going to hang our hat in John chapter 16 7 to 13 it says it is to your advantage it is to your advantage that I go away for if I don't go away I cannot send the helper to you so the helper will not come but if I depart I will send him to you so it's to your advantage that I go away, because if I don't go away, the helper can't come. But I'm going to send him when I go. However, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He'll even tell you things that are to come. Say advantage. It's all about the advantage. Now, can you imagine these guys? They're like, you know, we've been hanging with Jesus. We gave up everything. We've been following him, and it's all good. I mean, we're happy to do it because, you know, living with Jesus is miracle after miracle. It's just breakthrough after breakthrough. Every day is like, what's he going to do today? Every day is like Christmas morning. I can't wait to wake up and unpack how incredible today is going to be. Now, that guy that you gave up everything, your whole family's been traveling with him. I mean, you're journeying with him. He's become the source of your whole existence he suddenly says hey I'm leaving and it's to your advantage that I go away if I don't go away I can't send the helper there's someone going to come and when he comes you'll have an advantage say advantage advantage he's going to come advantage any state circumstance opportunity or means specifically favorable to success interest or any desired end an advantage so jesus is saying there's an advantage living with me traveling with me is amazing but the advantage is going to be i was with you which meant if if jesus was at impact church today which he is he can't be at the other church across the road because he's local, he's physical, he can only be one place at one time. But Jesus said, I'm going to go through this amazing thing, it's going to blow your minds, but through my death, burial, and resurrection, I'll ascend with my very own blood, I'll pour it on the mercy seat, and the Father's going to send the promise of the Holy Spirit to you. And it's to your advantage that this happens. And when I go away, I'll send you someone that isn't going to be just with you like locally and physically, like Brian and I are really connected right now, that's Jesus with him or Brian with me. But can you imagine Brian inside of me? And that would be very, very scary. <laughs> but you see, he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And you see, I've been with you, but the Holy Spirit will not just be with you. He'll be in you. 
And you see, not just in you, but in you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. Not Christ in you, but Christ in you is the hope of glory. So now it's not just Jesus local with a little group of people traveling. It's the spirit of Christ, that same anointed one in every single believer in the body of Christ. And the devil has a nervous breakdown because one guy thought it could handle, but now they're all over the place and they're filling the earth with the presence of Christ. So it's to your advantage that I go away. An advantage. Let me show you an advantage. You're driving the car on the left. I'm driving the car on the right. Who's going to win? Well, it depends. The one on the right doesn't have a motor, you know. But, but you know, there's, there's, you know, if these two guys lined up, all being what it is, they'd crush the beetle. Now, the beetle looks good, let's face it, right? How many don't think the beetle looks awesome? But the Ferrari would crush it, let's face it. That's an advantage. But here's another advantage. You got a little shepherd boy, and you got a massive giant who's got the advantage. David went down there. It says he ran at the giant. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. Who's this little thing you're sending? Ha, ha, ha. And David's like, I'm going to take your head off with your own sword. You're an uncircumcised Philistine. I'm a child of God. Ah! It might not have looked like it, but David had the advantage. You're advantaged. You are so advantaged. You're, you're so, anyone in the new covenant is advantaged over anyone in the old covenant. There's greater uh, resources and more available to you than ever before. And every single one of us in the kingdom are so advantaged. Say, faster, pastor. So Jesus didn't do any spiritual gifts. He didn't do any spiritual operations. He didn't manifest any spiritual acts without the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I am. Paul said about Jesus, he emptied himself of divinity. Doesn't mean that Jesus wasn't divine. He was, but he emptied himself of every privilege of acting out of his divinity. Jesus came as a man to operate as a man out of the spirit of God. He came to show that a man can hook up with heaven by the spirit, and by the spirit, a man can do supernatural stuff. A man can get hooked up, can become a container of God, can come aligned with the Godhead in union with the Godhead, and a man can live out of the advantage of being connected with the heavenly realm. And that was the advantage. So Jesus, the Spirit of God, came upon him in his baptism, and then it drove him into the wilderness. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. <laughs> to the wilderness. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. I'm his son in whom I'm well pleased. We're going, where? What? What? Didn't just lead him. Literally means he drove him. He got driven into the wilderness. But it says he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's empowered. And then he stood up in the synagogue and they said, Jesus, why don't you do today's reading? It was the reading for the day. He pulled out the scroll from Isaiah and Jesus read the scroll, the reading for the day. It says, and then he sat down and he said, listen, that scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I am the anointed Christ. And for that, they wanted to kill him because they said, are you kidding? You fixed my table a couple of weeks ago. Are you kidding me? But he said, I am the anointed one. I am the Christ. But Jesus did all of that. He did all of that as a man to show us and to make that living way for us possible that man again could be in union and realigned with God Almighty. So the Holy Spirit, any experience you have ever had with God is by the Spirit. 
Any experience you will ever have with God is by the Spirit. Anything spiritual connected with divine things you're going to encounter through the Spirit. Ephesians 2.18, now all of us, say all of us. All of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done. So Jesus is the new and living way, but the Spirit is the one that you engage, and it's the Spirit that gives you access to the Godhead, to the Father. So any experience that you have, any spiritual encounters that you have, any way you encounter God's purpose in your life, it's by the Spirit of God. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go because I'm going to send him to you. He won't just be with you. He will be in you. He will animate you. And you need to know that the Holy Ghost is your very best friend on planet Earth. Say faster, pastor. All right. Holy Spirit, holy hagios, a most holy thing, a saint. Hagio, spirit, pneuma, a movement of air, a gentle blast, a wind, hence the wind itself, breath even from nostrils or a mouth. That's how God expressed Holy Spirit. That's the name of Holy Spirit. He is holy. Holy. He's not Casper the ghost. He's not a wind. But it's a bit difficult. Don't you wish that it was Father, Son, and Fred? Fred, I can relate to. Here's Bill. Here's, here's Birdie. Here's Brian. I, I mean, Father, Son, and Holy. And Holy is how I encounter everything with God. How do you have a relationship with the Holy? It can seem a bit weird for people. What is that? What is, I need, to, I need to know about him or whatever. See, some people think it's it. Or a lot of people don't know who is Holy Spirit. Is it really God? Is it a part of the God? Or did they just mean it's a, maybe they just meant Holy Spirit is just an expression of God. And it's, it's not really. But the Holy Spirit is a very real person. And the Holy Spirit is very real God. And we got to know that because if we're going to encounter every spiritual thing in our life with him, we should know who he is and have a relationship with him. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. John 14, 23, if a person really loves me, he will come and I will make my home in him. I will make my home, my mone, my abode, my special dwelling place with him. A parakletos will come intensely and intimately and become your personal friend, your personal advisor, like an aide-de-camp, which is a consultant of a private and a private assistant to an emperor. Now, the Holy Ghost, that's his job description for you. You have a built-in living God, an aspect of the Godhead himself who has taken up residence in you to be your full-time personal supporter, helper in every issue of life. How many would think, if that's really true, holy cow, am I advantaged? It is really true, and we need to know that. It's a sad thing that, you know, you go down a neighborhood and, you know, you can see Christian non-believer, 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 believer, believer, non-believer. And, and you watch those people's lives and study them for a few weeks and there's nothing really that different about them. They go on, they stumble through life, do the same silly things. And yet there's no real markable distinction that the one has access to the wisdom, the power, and the nurture of God himself with them every moment of the day. We are advantaged. We really are advantage. So we need to know 
how to operate in the advantages. Comforter, he says, I'll send that comforter. He will come to you. The parakletos, called to one side. Para is to come alongside closely and an intimate relationship. Kletos is pleading with, speaking to, called to discharge an office. So I am the Holy Spirit's personal calling. He is to come alongside of me as my personal coach. He's personally, his whole job description is, you make sure Carl manifests my eternal purposes in his life. Wow. God has set you up for victory, for success, to be blessed. You are condemned to every day being another day of, ha ha, another day of victory. Another day with the Holy Ghost. Another day with all wisdom. Another day with revelation. Another day knowing what's to come. Another day walking in understanding that's out of this world with power from on high. Another day of joy. Another day condemned to more than a conqueror. Victory. God in me expressing himself another day of heavenly bliss I can't stand it now I know with Donald Trump it's a bit different but Donald does say winning we're winning all the time we're just winning you getting tired of winning well you know with the Holy Ghost you're gonna win greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world I can do all things through Christ. That's his anointing. The anointed one living inside of me. I can do all things. These are cute verses, Pastor. Don't you believe they were true? You know, we're a bunch of Ferraris and Maseratis and a world of Volkswagen Beetles. But we're losing the races. And it looks miserable. I mean, God, I mean, people would want to join a community where there's evidence that you are who you say you are. Faster, pastor. All right, all right. So we got to embrace the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, embrace the Holy Spirit. I want to say three things to you, ready? Three things. Here's what we need to know today. And we're going to have four weeks on this, but today I'm going to cover this ground. Holy Spirit, who are you? He is God. He is a person. And he's your helper. Those are the three things I want to cover with you today. He is God. He is a person. <sighs> and he's your helper. All right, he's God. Let's look at it. He's God. A.W. Tozer said, what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I love that. What comes into your mind right now, think, 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 think right now. What do you think about God? I hope he's not mad at me. Hope we didn't see what I did yesterday. I hope, I hope. Like, what do you think about God? Like, when I think about God, he's my heavenly father. He's the lover of my soul. He's the one who's redeemed me, satisfied me, broke through. He'll never stop loving me once, no matter what I do. No matter how far I go, he'll never give up on me. I am a child of God. I'm not a slave to fear. I don't fear a thing because God Almighty is my father. Jesus, I'm a joint heir with him, and I got the Godhead living inside of me. What you think about God, Tozer said, is the most important thing about you. And so many people have a bad concept of God, and your concept of God is affecting how you live. What you believe about God is very, very important. Tozer also said the idea of the spirit held by the average church member is so vague as to be nearly non-existent. It's the Father, Son, and Holy... In fact, in some movements, they don't give the spirit access to anything at all. It's Father, Son, and Holy Book. Hallelujah. 
We have the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Holy Scriptures. Hallelujah. Well, what about the Holy Ghost? What about miracles and tongues and the, you know, the gifts of the Spirit? We don't need those anymore. We have the Holy Book. And it's called the doctrine of cessation. And many, many denominations believe that. And they don't believe in healing. They don't believe in tongues. They don't believe in prophecy. They don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit because they believe that when the book was canonized, all the stuff that was extra biblical, it was all existing until we got the book. But when we got the book, now this is our guide for life. Do whatever it tells you. They've elevated the book above the third person of the Trinity. They've elevated the book above the voice of God himself present in their lives. You need to know that you're to be led by the Spirit of God. And the book is awesome, and the book helps us, and the book gives us some incredible parameters, but there's still the voice of God. There's the Spirit of God. There's that person of the Holy Spirit that is with you, leading you in things that the book can't tell you anything about. The Spirit will lead you into all truth, and it will tell you things that are yet to come. There's present truth, truth for today, that the Spirit of God wants to reveal to you. And you need to have a living, abiding relationship. John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another comforter. The comforter is the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby. And he may be with you forever. I'll give you another. Say another. Say another. All right, here it is. Okay, here's a chair. Here's another chair. That's two chairs, right? Are we agreed? All right, so how many believe that you could, you could call this a chair, right? Some might say it's a stool, but some might say, can you bring me a chair? And they might bring you a stool and say, good enough. Now, if that chair was blue, it's another chair, but it's not the same chair. It's another chair. But when he said, I'm going to send you another, he said, I'm going to send you another comforter. And what is the, what is the uh, transaction? Another one saying, I am one, but I'm going to send you another one. So in comparison to who I am, I will send you another comforter. And so what he was saying is, he did not use the word heteros, because the word heteros would be like that stool, or like something of another color, or a different fabric, or with three legs. But this chair is exactly the same as this chair. So Jesus is saying, guys, don't fret, don't worry. I'm going to send you another, a counselor, a helper, a comforter, and he's going to be exactly like me. You're not going to be deficient in any way. Trust me, me going away, you're not getting a lesser package coming to you. You're not getting something less. You're not getting something, you know, less personal, less wonderful, you know, anything. It's going to be exactly like me. But here's the only difference. I'm with you. He'll be in you. We've got that right now. But that's why we've got to get away from the welfare mentality of God, do something for me, and realize that you got God in you, ready to do stuff, not for you, but through you. You get to be the story maker now. You don't read, look what Jesus did. The stories in heaven now are, did you see Carl preach this morning? It was so awesome. It was so good. You're the history maker. You're, you're the headline in heaven. Thank you, brother. Praise Jesus. Say, faster, pastor. Come on, move along, pastor. The Godhead, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Trinity, God is one in essence and three in person. Say person. But there is one God. These definitions express three crucial truths. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are distinct persons. 
Jacqueline is different from John is different from Dolores. They're three, three, three. They're three distinct persons. They don't know what each other are thinking unless they share it with each other. They're three very distinct people. The Godhead is three very distinct people. There's three people in the Godhead. And I love that, don't you? Because when I get invited into the Godhead, and when you're born again, you get brought into this community, and God doesn't say, you get to look at the Godhead now. He says, you get to be a part of it. <laughs> so good. Isn't that awesome? Thanks, John. I appreciate that. See, so I, I'm brought into union with God himself. And I'm brought into a community where I get to see how they honor each other, how they interact with each other. I get to see how they function. And I get to see how beautiful they are together. And that's how we should live with each other. It's an amazing community of three persons. Each person is fully God. And yet the mystery of the Trinity is there is only one God. So they are all God, but apart from each other, there's no God, and yet they are all God, and yet when they're in union with each other, and they're always in union with each other, always have been, always will be, God is one, absolutely and essentially one. Trinity, give me another slide quick. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three persons, co-equal, co-essential, co-eternal. They're also distinguishable or distinct from one another. These three distinct persons are the one God. Everything that is true about God is true about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Can I get a hallelujah? I'm trying to give you a pneumatology, theology three in 40 minutes. It's unbelievable, but I'm going to try. That's why you have to say faster, pastor. All right, here we go. Here we go. The Nicene Creed, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, the Son, and who is the fa with the Father and the Son, who is worshipped, glorified, and spoken of through the prophets. Westminster Confession, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, proceeding from the Father and the Son, the same substance, equal in power and glory, together with the Father and the Son, to be believed in, loved, obeyed, worshipped throughout the ages. Are you okay? Are you all right? I'm telling you, Catherine Kuhlman, nine years old, my dad invited her to Peterborough. I sat with her. I ate with her. She shook my hand. She put her hand on my head. I hung out as a nine-year-old with that whole community because my dad was the inviting pastor, and I had an inside advantage because we were hooked up. So I got to be behind the scenes, and I got to see this eccentric woman. But every night I got to watch, and I watched every crusade. And as I watched, there she was. Every night she preached the same sermon. I said, does she only have one sermon? I mean, even at nine years old, I knew that's what you were talking about last night. But then she said, Holy Spirit is speaking to me now, and the Holy Spirit is here. And she said, you over there, the Holy Spirit is touching you right now. In this section, the Lord is touching someone of this. And all of a sudden, people were popping out of wheelchairs. People were just flying everywhere. They had to have seven catchers to catch the catchers. She'd, she'd, she'd pray for people, and not only would the person go down, but the seven people catching would all go down. It was like, unbelievable. My mom sang in the choir, and she said, when Catherine Cohn would sway, and when she'd turn around and wave her hand at the choir, the whole choir would, ugh. And right beside her was a woman named Barbara Parks who had a heart condition, many surgeries on her heart. They said, there's no more we can do. And they'd given her six years to live ten years ago. And here she was, barely alive. My parents would leave me with her. I'd, they'd go into a coffee house, and they'd say, you can stay with Auntie Barbara. And I'd say, no! Because she would just sit there, and I was like... Ah. 
And I'm like just sitting there going, breathe, keep breathing. Oh my God, don't die on me now. It was like a night of intercession. It was painful. And I said, can't you leave me with somebody else? But I tell you, Auntie Barbara was in that meeting and Catherine Cohen turned around and said, someone with a heart condition over here. And my mom went, Whoa. says, Barbara, I think she's talking to you. She says, oh, there's got to be somebody worse than me. And my mom was like, oh. So then she turned around and go, it's over here. I think it's in this row. And then my mom would go, oh. And she's like, Barbara, I think she's talking to you. Do you think? And they said, I'm sure it's right over here. And mom goes, oh, Barbara, I'm sure it's you. So she got up. She got prayed for. I saw the x-rays. I saw the x-ray of her heart before the meeting. I saw the x-ray of her heart after the meeting. She was given a brand new heart. Because our God's a miracle-working God. Right here, you can get a new heart right now. If you need a new knee, you can get a new knee right now. If you've got arthritis or anything going on, if you need new knuckles, new help, new anything, anything is possible right now because he is here. He's here. He's here. Catherine Kuhlman, I said that because her favorite verse. Here's her favorite verse. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. She said, this is my favorite verse. She said, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the koinonia, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. And she loved that. She loved that. She said, the Holy Spirit is my best friend. He's the one I spend the most time with. And we've been invited into fellowship. We've been invited into deep, deep intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And she said, he is your best friend. Another translation of that verse. It says, the amazing grace of the master be with you, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God. And let the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Is he your closest intimate friend do you know his voice do you know how he's expressing himself do you know do you feel every aspect of the spirit who is in you are you feeling his communion are you intimate in fellowship with him because that is your advantage that is your advantage if i go away i'll send him to you and it is god himself made his home his monet on the inside of you you are the dwelling place of God himself. You're not somebody hoping that God might show up once in a while. Wherever you go, you take the Godhead and the full expression of the kingdom. And you'll operate in that out of your intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Say hallelujah. All right. Say faster, pastor. I had like 55 slides, so that's why I said faster. Because I thought if I spent two minutes on each slide, that's 110 minutes. <laughs> faster, faster. Third thing I want you to get, he's a person. He's a person. He's a person. What constitutes a person, Pastor? Well, I looked that up. A person is a living being. A person is a composite of characteristics that make up the individual. A person is a personality. The person is the self. He's a person. There is someone very unique in every way and has the same characteristics of a person just like you or the person sitting across from you or in front of you. The Holy Spirit is a person. Give me another slide. A personality. The pattern of collective character, behavioral, temperamental, emotional, and mental traits of a person. A soul. What is a soul? A soul is mind, will, and emotion. A soul is something that thinks, desires, and feels about things. So God has all of those attributes because God is a person. Are you telling me that God has a soul? Yes, I am. God the Father, Matthew 12, 18, Behold my servant in whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. 
It's not my idea. That's the word of God. So you got the father. You got Jesus. You got Jesus. Son, Jesus, Jesus. He said, then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. That was Jesus talking about the fact, well, I was Jesus the man. Well, Jesus the God, Godhead God. Also, like the Father, coessential, same attributes, has the same attributes as the Father. Holy Spirit, Hebrews 10, 29, 38, in the context, is talking about the Spirit. You insulted, it says, don't insult the Spirit of grace. Now, the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. The attributes, the primary attributes of God, omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence. What do they denote? All knowledge, a thinking mind, all power to exert influence and manifest a will or desire. All present, meaning I am there, I'm real. How many have ever felt God walk in the room? That's because he's present, he's real, he's there. And you can feel, and there's tangible. How many have known that you've touched God, and you know, and you've sensed his delight, and you've sensed his favor, and you've sensed the smile of God on your life? I have felt that. I have felt God. And my most, one of my most remarkable times with God, I have to tell you, I was watching a basketball game, nobody else in the house. It was back when Vince Carter was still playing for the Raptors. And Vince Carter, not in a warm-up or not in some special event, but in the middle of a game, he came down. I mean, everybody hanging around the rim, and he came, went right down the middle of them and just went beast mode and came up and wham and slammed the ball. I came out of my chair and I went, yes, that was a monster beast slam. Nobody else in the room. Nobody there. And I heard a voice so clearly said, I get a kick out of you. And I stopped. He says, you know, I've created you and I've designed you. And I love how excited you get about this kind of stuff. So it's just been a joy watching the game with you. I'm like, wow. You know, I felt the pleasure and delight of God. He says, Carl, I've given you all things for your enjoyment. And he says, I enjoy you, and I'm getting a kick out of watching you right now. I felt the smile of God on my life. And because of that, I am a sports nut and a fanatic because he created me like that, and he likes that about me. And if you don't think so, go eat your Twinkies, and it's okay. All right, so Holy Spirit, thanks. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 16, Holy Spirit thinks as we received not a spirit of the world, but the spirit was from God. How that we might know things. The spirit of God, the mind of Christ comes in us and the spirit is there and we can ask the spirit, what do you think about that? I mean, what do you think about this situation? What do you think about the Anglican church coming to us and saying we should buy the church? What do you think about that, Holy Spirit? Is that, a, is that something that you desire to do? And you know what he says? Well, what do you want to do? I think it'd be pretty cool. He says, ah, I think so too. Because that'd be helpful for them. Don't you think it would be neat? Don't you think it would be a pretty cool witness for one church to buy another church just so that church could still have church? I think that would be pretty awesome. I think so too. Hmm. Well, let me have a board meeting and talk to all the rest of the people in the church first, eh? Okay, whatever you think. Okay. Do you talk to them like that? You should. You should talk to them like that every day. And you know what? You'll hear his voice. And the more you do it, you'll become very, very aware of his presence in you. I don't, can't believe how many people spend zero time talking to the Holy Spirit. He's your advantage. It's amazing. So he thinks. He also has a will. It says in Acts 16, 6, see, they decided they were going to go to Asia. They went to bed, went, okay, tomorrow, guys, off to Asia. But when they got up, it says, now, when they had gone through Pergia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden 
they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Wow. So the Holy Spirit exerted his will and said, guys, not Asia right now. You got to go over here. Have you ever felt that in times where you're going, I'm going this way, Lord? And all of a sudden you feel like, that's not good right now, is it? No. It's not that it's bad. It's just that I need you to do this. Okay. I've had open doors. I was offered a church in Brisbane, Australia. Not recently. This was about 15, 20 years ago. And they called me from Australia. I said, Carl, would you consider coming to Australia? And I said, I would, but I'll only come if it's the church is in Brisbane. He said, I'm not kidding. Carl, the church is in Brisbane. I went, oh, my God. I want to live on the Gold Coast. I want to learn to surf. But I think, I don't think God wanted me to surf. I was never very good at it. You know, I talked to the Holy Spirit about it, and he said, yeah, you know, that's, that seems to be an open door, but it's not for you, Carl. I went, bummer. And sometimes I've had conversations like that where it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just God says, my purpose for you is in this realm right here, and I want you to stay here. And you say, I'm good with that. I'm good with that because he'll reveal his will to you. He'll tell you what to do. How many are in this church because God told you to be here? People come to me, they say, should I go to your church? I I don't know. Should you? If you come because I make you come, then I got to keep doing my song and dance to make you stay. Are you still happy with me? If you're here because of some song and dance, it'll get tired. It'll get ugly. Right? And I'm not going to perform for you. You got to know where God wants you to be. And if he wants you here, you can't leave. If he doesn't want you here, you can't stay. What? But I know he wants you here. And he wants a lot more people here. And some people are successfully resisting the will of God right now. It's unbelievable. Anyways. Enough of that. Say faster, pastor. Number three, the Spirit has emotions. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed in the day of redemption. Don't choose to act independently of Him. You know, the Spirit feels things. The Spirit, you know, there's, 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 but you know what? You can't harm the Spirit in such a way that He says, I'm just so ticked off with you. I'm not going to talk to you today. I'm so mad at you. I could spit. He's never like that. Never, never like that. But you know what he does? There's times he's going, oh, that was rough, man. Oh, hey, come on, let's talk, because that was weird. You're never going to break relationship with him. He's always going to pursue you and love you and chase you down. Doesn't mean he doesn't feel stuff, because he does. But, you know, he always feels like he loves you. He always feels like he's nuts about you. And he always feels like he's for you. And he can't live without you. He's so good. Can I get a Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, pastor, you're so needy. It's unbelievable. Yes, I am, so keep it coming. All right, let me talk to you now about her. He's your helper, all right? So he's, he's God, he's a person, and he's your helper. Hallelujah. Jesus. I tell you, the people here last night, they were here for two hours, so it took me so long to get to here, but it was good. It was good. Okay, he's our helper. Here it is. He works with us. Two things he works with us and his work with us described by Jesus. Romans 8, 26, 27. The Spirit helps. Say helps. Helps. Say Helps. That's a translation of a Greek word. Helps. The Spirit helps in our weakness. The Spirit himself makes intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Spirit also searches the hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession with the saints according to the will of God. So the Spirit helps. The Spirit makes intercession. The Spirit is groaning on your behalf and the Spirit is searching out the things of God to reveal them on your behalf. So the Spirit is helping you. Let's talk about that help. The word helps is the Greek word. We say helps. It's only got one syllable but that same word in greek is sunanti lambanomai i don't know how we got helps out of that but we did 
obviously a very compound word, meaning a lot of things. So soon antilambanomai means to lay a hold of with, to strive to obtain with others, to help in obtaining or taking hold of another. Soon antilambano is the three primary words in that. The partnership, joint effort, rage against anti, like antifa, like antichrist. There's rage, there's rage, there's filled with rage against, and there's lambano, which means both at the same time. It means to bring something to, but to remove something from. It brings things to you, but it removes things from you all at the same time. So you've got a partnership with Almighty God. He's passionate about this partnership, and he's passionate to bring to you the things that God desires and to remove from you anything that is not of him. And so you have a helper and a partner who is working hardcore on your behalf. So let's look at what he's doing on your behalf. Position, soon is position, partnership coming together. They're convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit. In this way, I fully preach the gospel. Paul says, he said, the kingdom's not a matter of talk, it's of power. The kingdom is not logos, it is dunamis. When the kingdom is in manifestation, there should be the power of God. And Paul said, I, I fully preached the gospel because the Holy Spirit was partnering with me and there were miraculous signs and demonstrations that God was with me. You see, I preach, God shows up. There's a partnership, there's power there, there's joint effort. You see, it's not, oh, Holy Spirit, do it, do it, do it. Those Holy Spirit, what are we doing? Holy Spirit, how do we engage the kingdom today? How do you and I work together to bring into expression your purpose for my life? God never does anything that is in regard to you without your participation. So if you think that I'm just, I'm just like, I like that song where it says I'm praising and I'm worshiping and I'm just standing still. But you are praising and worshiping and you are on purpose. Standing still is also an activity. Because a lot of people have a hard time standing still. What's my partner? Sometimes your partnership with God is just stand there. Stand there. Shut up and stand there. And then the Holy Spirit will do something. But often, there's partnership. There's you speaking. There's you acting. There's your involvement and your engagement. God always partners with you, not without you. So you need to engage with him. It denotes partnership. Give me another one quick, quick. Anti-rage, the Holy Spirit vents an attitude of rage or violence towards your enemies. I mean, he's, he's violent to bring into manifestation your priestly kingship, your reign, and your rule. He is passionate to elevate you and exalt you and manifest who you are. And he's not just, you know, I'd really like to do this. He wants to with passion. Isaiah 59, 19, the punctuation is wrong. It is wrong, wrong, wrong. Not just in translations, but it's wrong because the original doesn't have the comma there. The comma is not at the end of flood. It's when the enemy comes in, comma. When the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood. Like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. See, it's not the enemy coming in like a flood. The enemy encroaches on you in any little way like a flood. The Holy Ghost is going to rage against that situation and bring you through. So there's a passion. There's partnership. There's passion. There's purpose. Whatever God's purpose is in your life, he's committed to bring it forth. He's committed to remove the junk, and he's committed to bring you into all the benefits, all the favors, all the good things of God that you need to move in the fullness of God he's going to bring to you. Saul, it says, when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, he prophesied he was turned into another man. 
I know that's old covenant stuff, but that's what the Spirit of God does. When the Spirit of God comes on you, you are a new creature. You're a new creation. You are empowered in a new way. Something powerful takes place when the dunamis of heaven comes on your life. <sighs> Say faster, Pastor. All right, we're doing really good, though. Trust me. Trust me. All right, supernatural partnership, intercession. Big, long word there again. But what it means is on behalf of and with, he will hit the mark. So whatever it is, he's going to hit the mark for you. I mean, you're not going to wonder. He's going to hit the mark. He's going to specifically, in a detailed way, hit the target on your behalf. Because when he makes intercession for you, when he does, I got two intercessors, the Holy Ghost and Jesus. I got a few others. I got several people in the world who send me emails and say, I pray for you every day, and I'm so grateful. And I'm grateful they do because I can use all the prayer I can get, and it's substantial because you can stand on it. But I got the Holy Spirit is praying for me, and he's praying the very will of God, and the Holy Spirit is always hitting the mark on my behalf. Next thing. You got the groanings. I love this. It says he's, he's groaning on your behalf. And it's the word stenagmos. And the word stenagmos means to aspirate, to vent deep feelings. The Holy Spirit blows his top. Have you ever had one of those kettles that you said it? And I know for the Spanish-speaking people, I'm talking way too fast today. Yes, you are, Pastor. We're going to have to have a sermon where they say, slower, Pastor. Slower, Pastor. I met with Mauricio and Viviana yesterday. Mauricio goes, Pastor, you talk way too fast. <laughs> And today, I'm sorry, Mauricio, I told you yesterday, it's going to be fast on purpose today. But we got the notes online. So, stenagmos. Have you ever put a kettle on the stove and then that irritating noise goes, And you're like, holy Max, somebody turned that off. That's what this means. The Holy Spirit, when something comes to try to attack you or invade your world, he blows his top. Like he just comes, hey, chill, back off. Stay away from Carl. He's a child of God. He comes in like, wham! Don't ever try that again! I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Ha! Ha! And I got a visa in my passport to go to India. Amen. All right, so groanings. Let me the next one. Quick searching. So I love this. The Holy Spirit works. He searches. He fathoms, works with you, and he partners with you to search out the deep things of God. Oh, you can't know that stuff, Pastor. Yes, you can. There is nothing. God says the Spirit will search out the very deep. He says the Spirit will go to the unfathomable things. I thought it was unfathomable. Yeah, but he'll go there. He'll go to the unfathomable areas and he'll bring you revelation of God. Eureka! I found it. That's what that word, where we get that word from this Greek word. The Spirit brings into manifestation whatever's lacking for God's purpose. Wisdom. Most people don't have what they don't have because they don't have revelation about what they have. It's not that God hasn't given it to you. It's not that his power hasn't made it available. It's that you just don't know how awesome your redemption is, but the Spirit wants to search it out and bring it into manifestation in your life. Are we doing all right? Are we doing okay? Do you understand? Do you feel the passion of the Holy Ghost trying to get something in you today, trying to ramp something in your spirit so that you own it forever? Oh, God. Man, you probably think this is easy. I'm telling you, I go home and I collapse for five hours. No, I don't. It's the Holy Ghost. I have to go run around the block for four days because I had so much energy in me. I'm like, my God, I got to get rid of some of this. Man, give me another slide. 
His work defined by Jesus. We're coming to a rapid close. Here's what Jesus said. He said, he said, when he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. When he comes, another translation, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Another translation. When he comes, he will bring a demonstration to the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. Another translation. When the helper comes, he will show people of the world how wrong they are about sin, righteousness, how to be, or sin, and how to be right with God, and judgment. Sadly, most common translations say the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict you. Such a brutal translation. So for years, preachers have said, the job of the Holy Spirit is to convict you. That's not what it means. And literally, the Holy Spirit wants to come and tell you that you're so wrong to think that way. Oh. The word should be convince you. That word could be translated convict, but very often it's translated convince, prove, manifest, a wrong way of thinking about something. So what's he want to do? He wants to come and show you the right way to look at sin, the right way to understand righteousness, and the right way to understand judgment. And then he says that, and then he defines each of the points right after it. So if he defines each of the points right after it, we should pay attention. All right, give me another slide. John 16, 9, and sin, what of sin? Because they do not believe in me. So what is the one sin that the world needs to get right? The one sin that you'll never ever get past is, what do you say about Jesus? And the world needs to know that Jesus is the only cure for sin. The only one who can take away your sin past, present, and future forever. He'll remove sin from you as far as the east is from the west forever and ever is Jesus. And sin, he says, sin, even greater is God's gift, his wonderful gift of grace, the gift of forgiveness. How do you get forgiveness? By confessing your sins? Rubbish! You get forgiveness because it's a gift. You get forgiveness because of what Jesus did. Jesus said, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. Forgiveness is a gift to God. If you think you have to earn it through your own personal confession, you have turned the good news into works. And you think, I deserve freedom because I confess something. And then if you believe that, how often do I got to confess my sin? Oops, I, can, I, I just did one. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord. I confess my sin. Come back into my life. Oops, I blew it again. Oh, Father, I'm so sorry. Come back into my life. He never leaves your life. He never has a bad attitude about you, ever. He doesn't come and go. You know, it does say confess your sin one to another. That's fine. That you might be healed. You know, the one time you're confess is confess your sin to be brought into the kingdom of God. After that, you're not in a sin management program. But the church thinks that we're in a sin management program. Come on to church and let's manage our sins today. Hey, who's been a screw up this week? Be honest. Because you know, when you get to heaven, all your sins are going to be on a big screen. Wow. All that time we thought Carl was a cool pastor. Look at this. Is that what he really thought about me? He never told me. Such a phony. That screen will never happen. It'll never take place. If it does take place, then you think he kept a record of your sin. Love doesn't keep a record of sin. Never. I've forgiven your sins once and for all. And we're not in a sin management program. We're in a, a loving, beautiful relationship with an incredible God. And the Holy Spirit wants to convince you of how wrong we've been about sin all these years. 
Sin's not the problem. God came to deal with it. And the cure for sin is in Jesus Christ and it's done once and for all. Once everyone was in Adam, but now all are in Christ. One step program. New creation. Okay, thank you. Let's give me another one quick. Say faster, pastor. Oh my goodness, I'm not doing too bad. Thank you. John, John 16, 10 of righteousness. Well, what about righteousness? We've been wrong about righteousness. What do you mean then? Because I went to my father and you'll see me no more. So what he's saying is when I go to the father and I'm received by him and when he receives me, he's going to say, done, finished. Thank you, son. You did it right. And what he did is not just did he fulfill all righteousness for himself, but he fulfilled all righteousness for all of us. And I am now, right now, I'm never going to be more righteous than I am today. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am. John, Romans 5, 17, those who receive the abundance of grace. Say abundance. People say, you people are going too far in grace. It's a little hyper, your message in grace. Well, go check out the word abundance. Hooper. The Bible preaches hooper grace. Hyper grace. Like you're not even preaching grace unless while you're talking about the grace of God, your mind's going, no, you've gone too far. You haven't even talked enough about it yet. Because he is so good, you could never imagine it. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift. Again, what is, how do you get righteousness? Hallelujah. We just need some people to be righteous. Well, that's true. And that is absolutely true. But the thing is, how do you get righteous? By faith. And you receive the gift of righteousness, and God declares you, this is my son, my daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. Absolutely righteous. Ab in Corinthians, it said, to the hagios, Holy Spirit, hagios, to the holy ones in Corinth. But if you read the rest of the book, you're going like, let me check at the start again. He said he was writing to the holy ones. I want to see what he writes to the holy ones. The holy ones in Corinth. You got a guy sleeping with his mother-in-law. You got, you got people hating each other. There's factions. There's... They made a mockery of the table. These people got issues. Let me go to the front again. To the, to the hagios, to the saints. You're not saints because you behave right. You're saints because he behaved right. And you see, I manifest my sainthood by the revelation of I am a saint. And when I live below my sainthood privileges and rights, I am acting unholy. Even my unholy actions do not make me unholy. I'm still holy. I'm not holy because of my behavior. I'm holy because he has made it so. Not just declared it so, he's made it so, and it can never be changed. But that is so wild that an unholy person would do unholy stuff. So you know what I've got to say about that? Stop it! All right, so let's move on. Let's go on faster, Pastor. Come on. John 16, 11, the judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Wow, hallelujah, we need to judge the devil. We need to just, oh, the devil, oh, oh. Well, here's the truth about the devil. Through him, he might destroy him. Through Jesus, he destroyed him who had the power over death. That is the devil. So what's our announcement to the devil? Hey, dude, you're judged. You're finished. You are absolutely decommissioned. Boom. And if you hear some other lie that is opposed to that, 
it's not from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was sent to do these things. All right, so Satan is defeated. Let me give you this slide right here. Here's the good news. Jesus is the only true cure to sin. He declares you righteous and your accuser is destroyed. Now there's some more slides in there, a few other notes, some more scriptures about what he does, but that's all on the website and you can go check it out, all right? Even a, a quote from Charles Finney's book where he talks about when he was just smoked in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit came on his life and he says it felt like the breath of God. He talked about the pneuma, the breath of God and the person of the Godhead invaded his life with power. Come on, stand up with me. Wow. Can you put that one slide back up? I know we are advantaged. And, and please, how many of you were just all sermon long annoyed by this light bulb? How many couldn't even hear a thing I said because you're going, did they run out of bulbs? Like, like couldn't they just run? I, I'll run down to Home Depot right now and can't you change? It's so annoying that, why would they do that? Well, we did that because we just wanted to show you that this bulb is advantaged. Things we do for you. It's incredible how thoughtful the staff are around here. Isn't that right, George? Yeah. You're advantaged. Just like the, you know, the symbol, the advantage, you got one bulb turned upright and it's lit. And that really is, you know, on a scale of people out there, you got two types of people in the world, in Adam and in Christ. You got believers and unbelievers. But believers should be turned around and lit up. Now, let me just ask you today, because I want to talk to you about the good news, all right? I just want every head bowed and eyes closed. I want you all praying, all praying. Now, listen, if you're here today and you're saying, you know what, man, I, I'm still the, the upside-down bulb, no light in there at all. I, I just feel like I'm not lit up. I'm not turned down, but I want to be. Well, let me see. Here's the good news. Jesus is the only cure to sin. You can't do anything to make yourself acceptable to God. The only way you can come to God is through Jesus. And Jesus is the only one who'll deal with your sin, past, present, and future. And he'll set you free. And it's Jesus. And here's the good news. He wants to do it for you. He's already done it for you. Here's the good news. You are forgiven, you are healed, and you are free. That's the good news. Here's the thing I want to ask you to do. Please receive that today. Because he's already done it on your behalf. He declares you righteous. And your accuser is destroyed. So if you're here today and you saying, you know, I've never really personally said, be my personal Savior, be my personal Lord. I've never done that. I've never experienced what it is to be united with the Godhead, brought into that community, but I want to today. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to say one, two, three, and I just need you to lift up your hand. There's nobody looking around. It's not about anybody else. It's just you. But if that's you and you say, I want to come home today, I want to be a part of the family of God. Then I'm going to ask you at the count of three to put your hand up really high. You ready? Here it is. One, two, three. Just throw your hand up very, very high. Very high so we can see it. Anyone, anyone all around. Anyone, lift your hand up very high. All right, good, good. Let's just pray right now. I just, I want you to, I want you to say, Holy Spirit, I just want to know. You don't have to say it out loud, but just say it in your spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I, I hope I haven't been ignoring you. I hope, hope I'm going on with life and not even giving you access to my world. And I, I, I am clear that you're for me and not against me. And I'm clear that 
you know, Jesus left so I could have the advantage of you being in my life. I'd like to be a lot more personal with you than I am. I'd like to know your voice a lot more than I do. I'd like to yield more to you working in my life. I'm even sorry I haven't paid more attention. I'm sorry I've been striving and wondering, where's God and what are you doing when I've had access to you all the time and you've always been there. You'll never leave me or forsake me. Holy Spirit, I just want you to know I want you to be my dearest friend. Holy Spirit, I want to know you more. I want to be so incredibly acquainted with you. I want to know your voice above any other voice in my world. I want your voice to be the one that I would so quickly respond to. And I want you to know I love you and I'm grateful that you're here working in my life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Can I get those who are ministering at the altar today? Could you guys come and kind of fill the altar here? A lot of wonderful things happen at the altar. A lot of great things. People get healed. People get touched. People get words. People experience the Holy Spirit, the touch of God. And, you know, the altars are open for you. So if you're on ministry team or not on ministry team but should be on ministry team, if you can come and help us out and minister today, that would be awesome, all right? We're just a little weak on this side. It's awesome. Thank you. Let me pray for you and bless you. Ready? What a great day. And don't forget that there's something really significant happening tonight, tonight and the Holy Spirit wants you to come. There's a six o'clock pizza party. If you don't like pizza, I'll specifically order you something different. All right, I'll get you chicken from Swiss Chalet or something. All right. Oh, well, I'm in then. All right, all right. Because all those carbs are just going to crush me. You just have to text me ahead of time that I'm on the chicken line. All right. But we're going to get all this carpet out of here. You're going to come back next Sunday. There's going to be a beautiful gray color carpet that's just going to bring everything in the church together. It's going to be so awesome. In fact, you're going to come to the front. You're going to get slain in the spirit. You're going to lay on it for hours and say, oh, I love the smell of new carpet. He makes me lie down in the gray carpet and he restores my soul. My cup runneth over. Hallelujah. All right, come on. The altars are open. Come for prayer. Let me bless you. Let me bless you. Let me bless you with Catherine Coleman's favorite verse, all right? I pray that the, the love of God, the love of God the Father, I pray that it be very, very real to you. And I pray that the grace, the incredible abundant grace of our Lord Jesus Christ would be upon you. And I pray that the intimate friendship of Holy Spirit would be so real in your life everywhere you go that you literally manifest that you are head and shoulders above the crowd because you're so advantaged to walk out of the divine favor and nature of God himself. So I command you blessed. I command you favored. I command you to be more than a conqueror and display all the goodness of God in all that you do for his honor, for his glory. In Jesus' name, I bless you. Amen.